Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. WebmasterRadio.fm presents CEO Coach. From funding to finance, set up to staffing, our CEO coaches break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup, management, and development. The founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy. Welcome to CEO Coach. I'm Jillian Music, co-founder of Moz, Bread Approved, and Outlines Venture Group. I'm here with my partner and uh, colleague, Ann Kennedy. She's my partner at Outlines Venture Group, the Sibylla Masters Fund, and she is author of Global Search Engine Marketing. Together, we are serial entrepreneurs helping online companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. Find out more at outlinesventure.com. Hello, Ann. What's on your mind today? What's on my mind today, Jillian? Boards. Mm. And by that, I don't Ooh. mean I'm bored. I wanted—I want us to talk about startup boards. We've been there before, um, but I think there is always something uh, new to say, and it's usually, uh, based on our experiences, good to revisit these things from time to time. So advisory boards, boards of directors, what do startups need and when? There, there seems to me to be a natural progression. Yes, absolutely. So I know that a lot of folks um, would counsel one to not set up a board of directors until you absolutely need it. Um, it's a formal uh, product, if you will. It's a legal entity. It has all kinds of ramifications. But a board of advisors, I would suggest you set one of those up right away. Certainly, advisory boards, we really do need to start talking about first because that's where most companies start. But after that, if there's time, uh, maybe we can delve a little bit into boards of directors. It's a big topic. Uh, we actually might have to do a whole nother show on it. Our uh, frequent uh, reference, Mark Suster of Upfront Ventures, just published an encyclopedia series of posts on his blog, Both Sides of the Table. Uh, and it's funny, the first thing he says is he usually counsels early stage companies to put off forming a board of directors as long as possible. So yes. 
You and I. Yeah, so we're kind of all in agreement there. Yeah, right. Okay. You and I have served on many advisory boards, and we still do. Mm-hmm. We do indeed. We serve on boards of directors, and we serve on boards of advisors. So here's the deal. Um, as we look at these things and decide uh, what to uh, – you know, what to form and what to ignore and so on and so forth. Let's look at the value of these things. When you're starting a new company, having ad hoc advisors is a really good idea. Uh, Colleague advisors, uh, independent advisors, uh, people who have just been there before, all of those kinds of things, as well as technical advisors. Sometimes you just chat with folks and you begin, right? The question is when to really form a board and how many advisory boards to form and who would you want on them? So I've As I unpack it, I think often people will build their product first and they look for technical advisors ad hoc and sometimes putting them on the board of advisors. A board of advisors kind of has two pieces to it at the very earliest stage. One, people can really give you information and counsel because they've been there or they're working on ancillary things. And two would be having kind of good names associated with your new company is a really good idea. So if I were to get an advisor uh, because somebody knows something about my business, about my technology, my target market, that's great. But if I can get somebody with a big name who is recognized in the industry, VCs will know the name of the company. Company they are or were associated with, that's really worth something. Uh, and that'll be worth something on your board of directors as well in the future. But it's the first place that you can associate your company with somehow a bigger company or bigger brand of an individual. That's worth thinking about, I think. So in other words, you're seeking um, uh, some brand equity that will reflect well on what you're doing. Correct. I would say, yeah, that's one of the things you'll be doing. Uh, but certainly, I think the, the initial driving force on getting an advisor is somebody who can really get you through the thorny path. In other words, somebody who's walked this before. So they may be people who can maybe advise you on how to build your pitch deck and get capital. They could be people who advise you on your technology because they're working on something similar or have worked on something similar. They could be people who are uh, you know, seasoned in your uh, area of a target market. They know how to reach them or what else these people have bought, things like that. So they're more, if, if you will, a technical advisor, the technicality in any of the divisions that you're going to have in the future. But after that, I'd say, yeah, it's not unreasonable to think about what is the brand value of whoever I can add to this. And I'm not a big fan, though, of just adding brand value. Don't just add big name from biggername.com simply because that's who they are. I would say make sure they are bringing you some personal value as well. In other words, their personal advice, not just their name. That's really interesting. So one of the things that's rolling around in my head is – Isn't it really, really important to have a clearly defined agreement with your advisors as to what they will do and what they will not do? I mean, aren't there gaping misunderstandings in advisory roles that can come back to bite you? 
Uh, absolutely. Um, I think that a lot of people just kind of uh, meet with somebody, they seem kind of smart, and they go, oh, would you be my advisor? Uh, there are advisors and there are mentors. Mentors uh, advise people, advisors advise companies. So think about it that way. If you want a mentor, they're going to advise you on your journey in this game. But if you want an advisor, they're going to be talking to you about your company at this game. That doesn't mean they don't kind of overlap a bit, but it is a could pretty good distinction. The second thing is if you do have an advisor and it's ad hoc, that's great. They don't have a piece of your company. You haven't compensated them with cash or with uh, stock or anything like that. Maybe you don't even have it yet. That's nice. And they're being kind. But that's not very sustainable. And people only have so many hours in the day. Anybody who's really worth their salt, you know, listening to is also somebody that should uh, kind of have limited time, if you will. They don't have their entire lives to give you. So compensate them. As you do that, I think Techstars has a really clean document. There's a number, I'm sure, uh, Y Combinator has them and so on. But I like the Techstars document. It has this little rubric inside. It's a little, you know, snippet of an Excel sheet. And it says, when are you joining? At the idea stage? At the growth stage, at the scaling stage, you know, when is it? And um, or I, I think it's really idea development and uh, and growth. And uh, what are you going to provide? You know, I'm going to be there once a year, twice a year, whatever. Am I going to be there every single week? I'm going to take so many meetings. I will help uh, put forth the company for their first uh, investors, their first uh, customers, things like that, you know, and so on. What is it you're bringing to the table? So when you realize what the advisor is giving, how much time and effort the advisor is likely to give, and uh, you know what that value might be to the company at this particular stage in the game, you get more equity if you come in early, you get a little less if you're coming in late. That makes sense. There's literally more or less to do. Um, but consider using that as a good starting template. And you will note when you read this little template form that it doesn't get beyond like one or two percent. It's very tiny bits of equity. And the reason is, and most people will get like a quarter of a percent or something like that. And the reason is you've only got a hundred percent of your equity and that gets given away very, very fast. Advisory boards can be as much as 20 or 30 people over the time of your, your lifetime of your company. And just because the first few people in are useful at the beginning idea stage doesn't mean they're the same people you're going to need as you form, I don't know, international consortiums and, you know, partnerships and distribution channels. You're going to need some of this stuff to give away. You don't want to give away, you know, more than a, a single digit or barely double digit amount of your stock toward all of these advisors. At the same time, you should compensate them with something. They're making you successful. Absolutely. So let's consider a few more things that make a successful advisory board um, in our remaining couple of minutes here. Um, what do the advisors, what should they absolutely be doing for a startup? Well, I'd say the first thing they should absolutely do is kind of promote that startup in a positive manner to colleagues and in the ecosystem. So again, if it's a technical advisor that knows something about your deep technology and so on, they probably don't have a broad group of people following them in the, I don't know, marketing and channel partnership space and so on. So be reasonable about who you might expect them to speak with. But they might actually have venture capitalists who follow them. Maybe they had another startup or they were an early 
family member of such. Uh, maybe they can spread around uh, the problem that you're trying to solve with uh, trusted colleagues and bring in more brains to fix it. But often uh, the earliest stage advisors have something to do with business. They help you to form the business, um, that make you, you know, help you decide if you want an LLC or a C Corp, whether you want to take debt equity or other you know, forms of capitalization. They help you maybe with uh, kind of forming your team. What are you looking for? Maybe helping you uh, interview team members, things like that. Okay? So as they do these things, essentially they are, again, positively representing your company and the ecosystem. If they don't believe in your company or you as a uh, leader, then they're not for you, regardless of how much they know. Okay, and now we have to take a break, and then I'm going to come back with some more questions for you, Jillian, about advisors and what they should do or not do. This is CEO Coach, and we'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let webmasterradio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. Webmasterradio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. You are now tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the B2B marketplace. Webmasterradio.fm Webmasterradio.fm is home to some of the most respected authorities in all aspects of internet marketing. From SEO to affiliate marketing to social media, e-commerce, mobile marketing, and so much more. Our hosts travel to all stretches of the world and speak to the impact players that are affecting our industry on air on demand and available on every mobile device that you can imagine this is webmasterradio.fm webmasterradio.fm we're everywhere Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. Jillian and I are talking today about startup boards, in particular advisory boards. And we've been talking about what an advisory board's most important function is. And before the break, Jillian, you said it was to promote in a positive light your startup to the colleagues, their colleagues in the ecosystem. And that could be in all sorts of different ways. It could be technical, it could be business, um, a lot of different things. But what are some things that 
you really shouldn't expect an advisor to do. Right. I was going to say, it's not necessarily the most important thing that advisor does, but it is absolutely the thing that advisor does. Okay. So maybe the most important thing is, you know, help you solve this technical nut, whatever it is, but, you know, but they absolutely must do that. And what should they absolutely not be expected to do? Um, I think clear expectations on the founder's part. Advisors don't have to get on a phone call every month. They don't have to sit there and slog while you report what you did and what you didn't do and so on. They don't work for you. Uh, They don't need to waste these kinds of hours. When you need them, call them. When you need several of them, call them. When you need them to put the heads together, put that call together. You heard the cats and make sure it happens. But truly, the advisor is an ad hoc resource of expertise in something. So they do help you with their piece of expertise, and they don't sit around while you spout about what you did. I find far too many uh, early stage founders who think that's what they're expecting of their advisors. Total waste of time. It is likely to get your advisors to leave, right? The, the unseasoned ones will stick around for a while, but shortly they will realize, I don't have time for this, and they will push on. So that's a very important thing. Do not expect your advisors to regularly sit down on a scheduled meeting and so on and so forth forever. Right. There are times when you're going to need an awful lot of their time. For example, I've got one of our portfolio companies, Anne, that's, uh, I don't know, meeting me almost once a week uh, for about an hour, sometimes a little more, uh, emailing me in between, texting me, this and that. And so crap loads of stuff is going on in that company, and it happens to fall in my area of expertise. Before that, I hadn't heard from the guy for like six, seven months. Right. There's another one that I hadn't dealt with for over a year and a half, and suddenly, oh, things are popping, and now I'm on board. And I meet with that guy about once a month by phone. So there are different ways in which you can expect your advisor to uh, work with you, but don't expect a standard schedule. That's really interesting, and that sort of leads me into the next question. Um, it sounds very fluid, the act of advising, um, yes. being an advisor to a startup, and uh, that the best way to approach it is on a, on an as-needed basis, which brings me to my next question. If you're setting up a formal advisory board, you know, where which presumably will meet once in a while, is some kind of balance important on that? Or do we again re- revert to what you were just describing of the ad hoc, that maybe somebody needs your particular expertise now, didn't need it for se- seven months, so you didn't need to be there. Um, uh, is they, But to have, should it, an advisory board uh, be balanced among different disciplines and uh, interests? Okay, so different advisory boards at different stages of the company do different things and act in different ways, right? So the things I just described, this ad hoc method of using your advisors, setting them up to begin with, and the things you actually need them to give you are very early stage. That would be idea stage, development stage, and the very first starts of uh, launch. Later on, there is more organization and structure in a company anyway, and having a little more organization and structure in your advisory board might make some sense. You might uh, query each department and say, who do you need? If you could have anybody on the planet, who would you want to have a conversation with? Would you want to do it regularly? And then you attempt to get those people to join you and you compensate them in perhaps uh, capital ways. And you just pay them cash as advisors, right? That's that's kind of uh, consulting jobs, if you will. 
or you get them as part of an advisory board in exchange for stock. Uh, but then you might expect that they would meet a little more frequently, on the or excuse me, a little more regularly, maybe not even more frequently. But along the lines of, you know, do I need one in finance and one in tech and one in marketing? The answer is no. It depends on what you need and your team needs over time. So if you have super marketing power right there in your team such that they could advise others, maybe you don't need somebody to do that. Unless, of course, they need somebody who can, I don't know, open doors to channel partnerships they can't get a hold of. That's different. So think about what your needs are and then put your advisors on to fill those needs. Advisors are a little bit like very superior employees. Boy, if I could get those folks, I'd hire them. But you can't afford them. They know that. And you don't need them full time. Or even if you do, you can't afford them full time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right. This is another way to compensate them. And if they believe in, that you're building something that will compensate them, they will give of their time. So uh, should they have invested in your startup to be advisors? No. That's no. not required. Absolutely not. Um, they are generally, I know many of the advisors I know, are not venture investors. They do not invest in early stage companies. Many of them are not qualified investors and wouldn't be, if you will, legally permitted to. So that doesn't mean they don't know their stuff. It just means they don't happen to meet the financial requirements and they may not have the risk tolerance for it. That's okay. I mean, for example, if I were starting a company today, uh, as you and I are now, and uh, you know, we have a venture firm, the Sibylla Masters Fund, right? right. Uh, raising a gender lens venture firm. Who would we have on our advisory board? Gosh, I'd get all kinds of people inside major corporations who understand how to kind of move through those corporations to get them to invest in our firm. That would be wonderful. Uh, they're unlikely to be investors themselves. Got it. And we have talked many times in the past about mentor capital, which is a different mm -hmm. form of investment. Yeah, it's... Uh Certainly, there are people who say, you know, I have a portfolio of companies in which I'm an advisor. In other words, they invested in kind. They did not invest um, with uh, capital. They invested their time, and their time is worth money. So they have stock, which compensated them for money. Again, in kind from the company and in kind from themselves. Almost right. a barter principle. Almost. Well, I Almost. suppose, but I think of the number of companies of which you and I have uh, – just those very kind of arrangements for mentor right. capital, you know, running, you know, in just the small amounts, as you said, like a quarter percent, a half a percent, something right. like that, you know, that, mm -hmm. uh, to, to compensate us for our input. So, you know, and before we continue on that, that's interesting. I was just speaking with somebody who was beginning to do some advising. And again, she came out of the major corporate space um, and now has a bit of time on her hands. And as she's looking at it, she says, I have no idea whether my agreements with these companies are worth anything. You know, when should I come in? When should I leave? When, and so on and so forth. So advice to both advisors and to the companies who are requesting advisors. I would say don't think so much of what that stock is worth today. For example, we have a company with a valuation of a million bucks today. Well, that's nice. Who kind of cares? You know, I don't know. I have one one hundred thousandth of the company if it has 10 million shares of stock and they gave me, you know, a couple of hundred, uh, a couple of thousand or maybe 10,000 or whatever, right? It, it's not worth much. Think instead, when this company exits, 
what do I think the stock share is going to be worth at that time? Do I think they're going to exit at six bucks a share, two bucks a share, 20 bucks a share? Where do I think it's going to exit? That will give you an idea of what you've got in your hands. You get 10,000 shares of stock uh, vested over four years, and you think the company will exit somewhere between five and say seven years from now, let's say it's seven then, because you want to think about it in the longer term rather than the shorter, you know, uh, uh, kind of underestimate. And then you say, okay, well, suppose this thing, uh, you know, opens in the stock market and it will be worth 10 bucks a share. So I've got 10,000 shares at 10 bucks a share. That says I have 100,000 bucks. Was it worth 100,000 bucks to advise these guys all this time? Maybe, maybe mm. not. Yeah. <laughs> think about it. It depends on how much they need from you. And then you might say, no, I'm going to need 50,000 shares to make this worthwhile. But if they only you know, gave away 100,000 shares and you've got you know, 100 of them or 200, it, it's different numbers, right? Figure out kind of what you've got of the whole thing and how much will that single share of stock exit for, regardless of how much they've, uh, you know, stock they've got out there and regardless of when and, and how much they sell for. What will my stock be worth? Are you uh, suggesting that uh, a potential advisor would be in a position to negotiate with a startup? You kind of get to say yes or no. You you accept or decline. But you can negotiate a bit. I mean, we talked about this little rubric, the idea stage, the startup stage, the growth stage, you know, how much will you be asked of it and so on. So you want to think about, you know, what you'll be doing for them and so on. Uh, for example, and you pulled out for our talk today uh, one of those uh, pieces, you know, from Techstars. And it does say things like standard monthly meetings. You can add recruiting and they call that strategic. You get more stock for that and so on. Or expert, you can add contact or projects. I've seen many things where the expectations, um, instead of being standard strategic and expert with a monthly meetings, that's that regular schedule. I'm not a fan because you won't need it. And neither will your advisor want to give that. Right. But you can set what you expect of them. Will they help me with recruiting or with, um, you know, uh, finding my key partners and so on? Uh, will they help me on a regular basis with particular uh, projects in my IT department, marketing department, sales, et cetera? You figure it out and then decide what that's worth. Um, each one is a little bit nuanced. So uh, as we go on, think about what you're giving, how long you think, or how many hours, I guess, you think you're going to be giving in there, and then you can accept or decline, or you can say, this is very interesting, but I believe that in order to be useful, I'll have to put in a significant amount of time per year for about five years. If you're comfortable with, name your piece of stock, All right? That's good. So the answer is, yeah, you can negotiate, but if they choose not to, You've essentially declined, and that's fine. And that's fine, too, because yes. it is a voluntary position. <laughs> that's correct. That's correct. Each party must decide what's it worth. And with that, we have to take a break for our sponsors. This is CEO Coach, and we'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. 
Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 31st, 2019. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website, as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized certificate. Of achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry into the Web Marketing Association's 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. We can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. We're back with Julian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. This is Ann Kennedy, and I'm here with Julian Music, and we are talking today about advisors and boards of advisors and what is best for your startup. Uh, I would thought we might have time, Julian, to get to actually going into boards of directors, but I think that's going to have to be another show. Absolutely. It's a big topic and it should be all by itself. I do think we have maybe have some time for top tips, if you will, around an advisory board. And I would say at your idea stage, you're looking for ad hoc advisors. You don't have a company yet. You're thinking about things. Ping people, see what they think of it and ping ever larger, you know, uh, names and so on, if you will. People who've had more experience. And remember, the worst that can happen is they say no. Shoot for the stars. See if somebody really valuable to your potential company will answer. And do that at every stage. Again, all they can do is say no. It's not so terrible. So I do think that uh, getting advisors at the very top of your game, as high up as you possibly can, is worthwhile. The second thing I would say is uh, once you've been a little more strategic about who you want to have on your advisory board, you get the best person you possibly can to spend a little time and uh, research. Um, But once you've done that, consider how to compensate them appropriately. You don't want to give away a huge amount. Keep it to about low two digits or even less uh, for all of your advisors. So be careful about how many you ask. Uh, Again, more is not necessarily better. 
Um, but think about who you will need at what stage of your company. Now, as you give away stock, stock is dilutable. If you're giving away options, same thing. Um, over time, they don't own, say, a percent of your company as you dilute your stock. It is really about the number of shares of stock. And that leads me to tip number three. Think from both sides of the fence here, both the advisor and the founder team, right? What is this person likely to walk away with when we exit? If I give them 10,000 shares, is it worth 10,000 bucks, 100,000 bucks, or a million bucks? That's an important thing to think about. For both the startup founder as well as the advisor, potential advisor? Absolutely. Both of them should be considering that. What do we think this is going to yield at the far end? And will I get my value from it? Okay. So again, if an advisor is giving you an awful lot of their time, effort, expertise, open Rolodex, all kinds of things at a very early stage when it is not at all clear that you will be successful, they're taking on great risk, right? You'd, you'd want a 10x on that, right? If uh, what I give you is worth a thousand bucks, I'm going to want to see 10,000 bucks. If my efforts uh, to you in all of the years that I'm going to, to work for you are only worth, I don't know, 100 or 200,000, I still want to see 10x out of it. It was not at all clear that when I gave all of this time and effort and recommendations and so on and so forth, that you were going to succeed at all. I might've gotten nothing. So you must accommodate for the risk. And as a uh, founder, it's important to recognize that this person is giving everything they've got for you and taking on the risk that they may never be compensated. For, and, uh, for their time. It may That's never right. happen. Well, That's... their time, their wisdom, their expertise, their connections. I mean, these things can make they're, or break your company. Their right? good name. <laughs> yes, that is correct. In, right. Indeed. So things that companies never do, they don't speak ill of their advisors. Their advisors gave of their time and effort at a time when very few people, if any, believed in you. Right. So think about that. And the same thing the other way around. If you don't believe in each other that way, it's not the right advisor for you or not the right company for you, Mr. or Mrs. Advisor. So think about it from both sides of the fence. And I think in our, our final moment here, I have a bonus tip, um, which is keep in mind that you will have different advisors for different stages of your company. You will have your early stage ad hoc advisors, and then you will have a more formal board of advisors, possibly later. Um, yes. And that means that these may not be the same people. That's correct. It may be that you will have an advisor who comes on very early, and then over time, you no longer have need of their services. I'm such an advisor. I work at the very, very early stages, right? So idea, um, development, and the early stages of growth. By the time you're a half a billion dollar company, yeah, you might call me a now and then, but truly, I play in the mud. Right? So, <laughs> so know where that is. You know? Releasing your inner child for there sure. You go. Absolutely. <laughs> those so, so I take on great risk when I advise, right? And so I expect some kind of a multiple on it, but I also expect to give a great deal of time and effort at the beginning and not so much later. That's okay. So make sure that you have the right advisor for the right stage. And with that sage advice from a an advisor who really likes to play in the mud. <laughs> um, I will say that's it for this episode of CEO Coach. 
We'd like to thank our producers at Webmaster Radio for their support. You can download these shows at webmasterradio.fm forward slash shows forward slash CEO dash coach and also at iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and many other places around the web. You'll find links and more on our Facebook page, which is called CEO Coach Podcast. Do stop by and hit the like button so we will know you were there and tell us what you'd like to hear about on CEO Coach. Thanks for joining us. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music, and you can find out more about how we help companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at outlinesventure.com. Till next time. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.